Well, are we ready to start church today? That's good. Let's stand to our feet. In pre-service prayer, we were praying for some stuff, and Derek shared a great little illustration. And I think this morning, before we go into worship, uh, I want him to come and share this, and then we're just going to pray as we seek God today. So, Derek, come on up and share that. The Lord was showing me that he's the fairest among 10,000, and my mind was taken again back to Howrah Station in Calcutta. I doubt if anyone here has ever been in Howrah, but it is uh, beyond anything that you can even imagine. The main train station of Calcutta City, and it's just, it's a city. The train station is a city within a city. Thousands and thousands of people um, in that station, even living in that station and moving through that station and packed and crowded. And uh, I've been there many times and you're waiting for someone to pick you up or you're looking for someone or uh, actually Bernice and I were even there once when we were engaged together. And you look across and in that sea of faces and heads, you see that one person that you recognize. And you start to move towards that one person. And you know, it doesn't matter how many thousands of people are in that station that you don't recognize because there's one person there that you do. And you're fixed on that one person and you move towards that one person. In the same way this morning, we can come here and fix our eyes on Christ and say, you are that one person, the fairest among 10,000. You are that one person this morning, Lord, that we fix our hearts on, that we fix our eyes on. More beautiful, more excellent, more lovely, more trustworthy, more full, more overwhelming, more powerful, more gracious, more full of everything that we are empty of than anyone could possibly imagine. We give ourselves to you this morning and fix ourselves on you. We can look across the sea of our issues, the sea of our problems, the sea of our theological differences, the sea of our personality differences and social and economic differences. We look beyond our health issues. We look beyond our financial issues. We look beyond all that and we see someone that is fair than 10,000 and we give ourselves to you this morning Christ we fix our hearts on you we fix our eyes on you we fix our souls on you we fix our spirits on you this morning Lord so now as we go into worship let's choose to do that in the midst of whatever thoughts consume our mind and our hearts may we just close our eyes and see the face of Jesus and as we worship may we run towards him seeking him with all of our hearts. Let's worship this morning. I can't really explain it, but I know we can take part in the incense rising. It says day and night, night and day, incense rises to heaven. Where does it rise from? Where does it where does it come from? Right now it comes from the mouths of the people of God. It rises from the very midst of them and comes out of their mouths and rises to heaven. It's like when you cook, the person on the street cooks something really potent. They cook something and everybody around is like, oh, they're having steak tonight, or oh, they made popcorn over there down the road. What we're doing right now is letting incense rise from our being. 
And you know who's taking pleasure in it? The one that sits upon the throne. God himself says, ah, there those people are in Spruce Grove, Alberta. What they're cooking right now smells beautiful to me. And so all I want you to do right now is just be encouraged just to release something from your heart. I'm not looking for like some elaborate thing. Just a little bit of the incense rising can change the atmosphere of a whole region very, very quickly. So Lord, I pray right now for the tremendous grace to fall upon us that we could release this incense to you, that you would be satisfied with it this morning. Father God, it's our desire for you to reign not only on our church, not only on our community, not only on our nation, but on the nations. Father, it's our desire to see you move in ways that we've never seen you move before, but we know that we are part of that equation. And Father, today we choose to partner with you in saying, God, let it rain over the nations. Touch the hearts of all men and all women. Father, shift hearts. Change destinations. Draw all men onto you, Jesus. Let it rain, Father. How many of us want to see it rain on all the nations? I think all of us would say amen to that, right? How many of us want to see the Spirit of God reign in this place? That's all of us. We've been declaring this today. You know, the Word talks about singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. And today the Lord is challenging us. For some of us, it's really easy to sing the hymns and the songs. But He also wants us to take that next step and to begin to declare praise to His name that each of us can do in this place. This morning I found myself almost singing prayers to God. I found myself at times just de- declaring the word holy. At other times, I found myself singing songs over my neighborhood. The Lord is just saying, as we begin to hear the voice of God, we can de- declare these things through spiritual songs. Father, teach us how to do this. Teach us how to not be afraid of what we do not know. Because, Father, ultimately, we want to come into full alignment with your word. God, we want to sing songs, we want to sing hymns, but we also want to sing those spiritual songs. Because each one of us in this place right now, you have a song that I can't sing. In fact, you can sing over something going on in your journey, in your life, that none, none of us can. And so when God calls us to do this, it's not just some wild, crazy thing. It's so important. Because as we all begin to lift our voice for whatever He's placed on our heart, It's like Jesse said, that incense is lifted up and the Father begins to move. Father, teach us. God, sometimes we we almost want to figure everything out. We want to intellectualize everything. We want to understand why. But God, we just want to honor your word. We want to honor your word, God. And we want to honor the fact that today, Right now, in fact, I think we need to go back into this for two or three minutes. Because I actually think God has placed stuff on all your hearts. I think there's stuff going on that the Lord is speaking to you personally about that He's not speaking to me about. And in this corporate setting, we have an opportunity to to declare those things to God.
so funny this morning. I can hardly speak. I find I've been stuttering over and over again. But I asked the Lord, what is this all about? At first, I thought it was because I used to judge our old senior pastor who did that. But I feel the presence of God is in this room. And it's in this room heavy. And I feel we have a moment. So I'm going to ask us to challenge ourselves this morning. Some of us are more familiar with this, and that's fine. But today is also for those that maybe this isn't a familiar thing for you. This is just as important for the youth and the kids. Because in your schools, your friendships, your family, the people all around you, we can't speak into that today. You can. And so we're just going to sing a song here, but as we're singing it, just take the next couple of minutes. And whether you sing to the Lord, pray to the Lord, it doesn't matter. Just speak to the Lord and declare this to Him. Because we want to see our communities change. We want to see our families change. We want to see our situations change. And this is how it starts. Father, let your rain come over every situation we've prayed about right now. Everything we've lifted up to you at this moment, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that your rain would fall over that situation, God. Father, whether it's healing, whether it's financial breakthrough, Father, whether it's for the salvation of our neighbors or our loved ones, Father, whether our heart is hard and we want that to begin to be broken, today, Father... Let the rain of God flow over all these situations, God. Move in our midst, God. We know that as we lift these up to you, God, things are changing. Nations are shifting. People's hearts are softening. Father, right now we lift up Mark Lesky. Father, who went in for heart surgery, we lift him up to you and we say, God, give him a full healing, a full recovery. Touch him right now where he's sitting, God. Let him know that his family right now is praying for him and loving him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus. And I just want to do something a little different. I'm just wondering if we could have, we're just going to take a minute, if there's three or four people that would be willing to come up here right now and just share what God placed on your heart, either to declare it, to pray it, whatever it was. Because I feel for some of us, we've understood this. But some, this is a whole new thing. And it's our job to help teach the rest of the body. And so just a few of you, come on up. If you've got something God's placed on your heart or you prayed or whatever, release it. So I was just seeing young people uh, whose, whose eyes were downcast where it was dark. And I was declaring that the Lord, God, we pray, Lord, that you would lift up their chins, that you would lift up their chins, oh God, that they would see the light and they would know that there is life in the light. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, you give them courage to look a different direction than they've looked before, but they would see the light, they would see the life, and they would go towards that in Jesus' name. The last couple of days, I'm actually preaching the first week in October, and the last couple of days, God's been putting this word on my heart, and the word is that comparison will kill. And I feel like as we talk about uh, changing atmospheres and we talk about uh, affecting what's around us, um, let's just be honest, Jen's an amazing singer. If I got up here to sing and release a word and change the atmosphere with my voice, I would be the only one left in this building. 
because God's called me to drum. God's, God's called me to just love and to invest, and he hasn't called me to sing. And I feel like, like there's some people in here that, that you can change the atmosphere by standing in place and swaying back and forth. I believe that there's people that are going to go out into their jobs this week, and you're going to make a financial decision. You're going to make a business decision that's going to affect what happened in this atmosphere this morning. I feel like there's some of you, you're afraid because you're like, well, I can't sing as good as Jen, so, uh, so I'm just going to not do anything. And we kind of like check out. And I feel like, like God's saying, hey, you know what? Go to the front and grab a flag and just stand there waving the flag because that's what I'm calling you to. And so just as an encouragement, I want to say, don't look to the left and to the right and, and compare yourself to what other people are doing because God's put something right in front of you. And if you look to the left, you're going to miss what's right in front of you. And so I want to release you to what God's called you to for what's right in front of you. This morning, the word that keeps coming back to me started at the Mark DuPont conference, and it's El Elyon. He is God Most High. But what I was declaring this morning is he answers before we even ask. So those answers are here this morning, and all you have to do is say, God, sometimes I don't even know what to ask for this situation. How do I ask for this person, for my family, for what's going on? But the answer is right there, and he's giving us those answers before we even ask. He is El Elyon. I believe in this time there's actually an opportunity to really experience what it's like to release the incense of God. And I think Jen really summed that up when she released her heart. I mean, clearly she has a gift. Clearly there's an anointing there. And it's forefront and public, and there's people that are called to doing that, but what we really need to understand is that wherever you are... You have the same ability to release the same type of atmosphere-changing sound or whatever. That what she modeled for you today is possible for everybody. See, in the Spirit of God, there's equal opportunity. There is differences sometimes. Some people have been doing it for a long time, and and they're just able to release quicker. But with the Holy Spirit, there's equal opportunity. That means that at any given moment, a five-year-old could release the same way Jen released this morning. And so you can never discount yourself. You can never disqualify yourself if the Holy Spirit is living in you. That is the great equalizer. Because what that allows you to do, it's A, it says, I am connected to heaven eternally. And B, I can release what's in heaven on the earth. That's the great gift of the Holy Spirit. Who has the Holy Spirit in them this morning? If you do, and you know you do, then the same opportunity presents itself every single moment of every single day. And what God wants us to do in this time is to actually start to say yes to releasing those moments. And I'll tell you, We've seen it throughout history. When people say yes, atmospheres change. Things change. Even as dark as it looks. And I know I can look at the situations right now in the earth. I'm like, whoa, it looks pretty bleak. But the Holy Spirit just prompts me and I say yes 
and a little bit more light comes in. God, I pray right now that we would be a people that would say yes to the Holy Spirit, that we would be a people that would say yes when that opportunity comes, and that you would allow us to see clearly that those moments, those opportunities present themselves continually throughout the day. But also, help us realize that the easiest moment to say yes to those opportunities is right here when we're gathered together. This is a great training ground. Every time you go and gather with other believers, it's going to be the easiest moment to say yes because there's so many saying yes with you. God, we stand here this, this morning and say, yes, yes, yes to your Holy Spirit. I just think when we learn how to put this into practice, not just on Sunday, 24-7, we're going to see things change all around us. That ultimately we get to declare the praises of God 24-7, every day of our life, in every environment we're in. And not only does it change the environments we're in, but it changes us, Right? It changes us. So, Father, we give you glory for who you are. And, God, your ways are not our ways. And so I just pray that you would teach us your ways. And, God, let us not allow our fear to stand in the way of that. Don't let all that stuff, uh, understanding, get in the way of it, God. We truly just want to yield to you. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your Holy Spirit would speak to each of our hearts. And, God, when we hear your voice, that we would all say yes. And we choose to honor what you ask us to do. Whether it's singing a song or talking to a person when we leave here, it doesn't matter. We want to honor you, Father. Everybody say amen. So now we have Matt and Carrie coming up to speak. I want to say this, that, yeah, give them a hand. This has been a very faithful couple to this church. I mean... I went to youth group with Matt here in grade 11. Was it grade 11, Matt, that we went to youth group here? Grade 10 and 11? I didn't get saved till grade 11, right? Right here, actually, is where I got saved, this spot. Yes, right in this, there was none of this black stuff. There was orange carpets and orange pews, and that was Ken Zoots, yes. Ken Zoots actually freaked me out because we had to go into the back room. You know how they do that stuff? And he started praying in tongues. So that, that freaked me out. But hey, I'm still here today. It's all good. Anyways, I just love this couple because they've been here their whole life. Uh, their heart is so towards community and family and friends. And so, you know what? They preach here a lot when they're around, but we don't want to take that for granted. They have a lot to offer us. And one thing I will say that this couple has taught me is just faithfulness. And so I think it's just an honor and a privilege for us for us to have them sharing today. So let's give them another good welcoming. You guys are going to make me cry? No. Thank you, Chris. Um, I remember when he was the, the good boy, or the bad boy, and now he's the good boy. So, um, <laughs> I, This morning, there was so much going on in the spirit. It was awesome. Like, it's... And you guys set us up. It was awesome. A lot of what people said, what, what, first of all, what God was doing and what people said is setting uh, up what we want to share. So hopefully this will be easy for us. So I was praying for, for you guys this week. 
and uh, just coming into the presence. I want to release a few things that the Holy Spirit was showing me uh, about you. I've always played this game with the Holy Spirit. He's better than Google. Like He knows this word so good. So I've always just tested him. I'd be like, where's that thing in the word? And he just, he's really good at it. He shows me. So I, I was dealing with a bit of anxiety and stress about thinking about going back to Guatemala and going back into the unknown. And we did sing about that, like, go take us to places we've never been. I don't like that. Like, that's a good song. <laughs> it's an awesome song. But we were driving around, that's another story, and I won't get into it, Saskatchewan, and we went to lots of places we'd never been. <clears throat> we had plan A, and we made it to plan D. So that's a lot of places that we've never been before. And it sounds good in, in worship, but how, without a map and without Google, like if you have those things, you feel okay. But when you're in the spirit, you don't have like Google Maps. And like you are here, and in like 142 minutes, you're going to be here if you take this route. It's not like that. It's totally not like that. We have the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. We have Jesus. You know, he's the one we're following. It's only that personal relationship that gets us anywhere. I have nothing outside of my personal relationship to God. Nothing. That's all I have. I'm stripped down. Ministry can be taken from me. My family can be taken from me. Anything can be taken from me. What I have that's real and eternal is my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's fundamental. It's why I became a Christian. It's like someone wants me. Jesus wants me. Like he chose me. And he's going to save me, and he knows me. I'm not the good girl. I was, the, I was like, Chris, we're the bad ones. We had to get saved. <laughs> so I knew I was bad. So anyway, the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, I was just asking him. I'm like, I'm surrendering again. I'm surrendering again my life, my agenda, my where are we going, how are we going to get there, what time in Plan A, B, C, D. I was just putting it before the Lord. I'm like, just reveal to me your presence and let me experience your presence. You know, in that time of anxiety, it's like, God, I invite you to this anxious place inside of me. And I just ask you to just reside and abide in this place. It's a yucky place. You know, anxiety is like the knots in your stomach. I can't really breathe kind of place. And I feel like every new step I have to pass through anxiety first, you know? So here it is. The Holy Spirit, he just came and he's like, all right, fear not, of course. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. It's like, whoo. It's like when you're at the park and everyone's like, my dad's bigger than your dad. And, and people are like shouting out and talking smack and playing and blah 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 and I was like my dad's actually probably bigger than your dad like my dad was pretty big but everyone was playing those games and I just had this experience this morning when I I felt like I was a little girl on the swing and I'm like watch me God watch me why do kids need us to watch them it's like it doesn't even exist if we're not watching them I must have heard that a thousand times mom watch watch but watch me no watch me now watch me and at Cassis Rounds, I was like, Mira, Mira, me, Mira, me. And I'm like, I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> we need that approval of the Father. We need it. We just need the gaze. We just need the presence of God when we're swinging. Like, let alone doing anything beyond that. 
the, we, in, the, in the first things, in the foundational things of your life, you need the Father going, I see you. I see you. I know you. I remember that. And then he can tell you, you know you can do that. I know who you are. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. I am with you. My presence is inside of you. But the giants, fear not. Be not dismayed. But the world is dark. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. But did you see what's happening? Transgender, my God, fear not. I am with you. I am in you. I reside in you. Remember us? Do you remember us? Do you remember our relationship? That three chord cannot be broken. Grab the body of Christ. Unify yourself with somebody. Say, we're Christians and we don't have to fear because our God is with us. We don't know what we're doing or how it's going to happen, but he's got a plan. Matt will talk about that. He's good about the plan. He's the plan guy. She said, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I'm like, good, that's awesome. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You're not going to drown. You're not going to burn. You're not going to fall under. God's got you. And I just want to speak that to people. I feel that there's somebody, there's people here that need to know that God has you. His ability to hold you is, your better, is better than your ability to wiggle away. You know? He can redeem that. He's not upset about the mistakes. He doesn't get wound up about your doubt. He's okay. Invite him in. So this morning, I was seeing, another thing I saw was a season of visitation. Um, I really believe we're coming into a season of visitation, holy visitation. And it's been 10 years for me that I can remember a season of visitation, that the Holy Spirit was upon me, and it was just before we went to Guatemala, and one day I decided not to go to church. And uh, I was very sick, and I was just before the Lord, and I was listening to one of those songs, I think, You Are the Air I Breathe, or something like that. And I had pneumonia, and I actually stopped breathing for five minutes. In the natural, there was no air going in or out of my body. I don't share this experience very much with people, but I'm sharing it because I feel the Holy Spirit is talking about a time of visitation. So I couldn't breathe, and I'm like, well, I guess you don't need to breathe. That's not necessary (laughs) to be alive. Because if he's the air I breathe, he can sustain me for however, however long he wants. Like I looked at the clock, and it passed for five minutes in this other state of him being the breath, me not. It was amazing. And Jesus did. I saw him physically walk through my house. And he walked through, and he was just so beautiful. And I was like, whoa. And I'm like, I have to have him. I'm just walking towards him. He looked at my eyes, and he spoke from his spirit, not from words. And he just said, I'm the hero of the world. Awesome. I was so excited. And he just walked right out, right out the, the, the wall, like right through. And I was like, whoa. And I just burned. I burned for days. I just burned and burned and burned. And I feel like there's people saying, I just want to burn with a passion for God, but I haven't. 
I haven't felt that presence. I've been in, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I pray, I, I believe, I do the stuff, but the burning presence of God has left, but it's coming back. It's a time of visitation. It's a season of visitation. So just do the thing in front of you and just be faithful. God's coming for you. He's coming for you. And, it's, and for some of you, it, it, you've held on for a very long time, even with no feeling. And it's not about not having feelings. It's about not being driven by them. Like your feelings are going to be fully alive and fully awake in your soul when you're with, in the presence of God. He's not going to shut any of that down, but you're not going to be run by it. You know, he's going to be the one that draws it, and he draws it from your hearts. The last thing here that I, that I saw was an arid place, a desert. So there, there is um, a group of intercessors here. There's going to be some people that the Holy Spirit speak to you that is inviting you to an arid place. And I just felt after Gaylene released her song and her prayer uh, an authority is coming to those who are going to walk into the arid, desert, dry places and call forth water. It's coming. It's coming. You don't have to fear. We were just in the desert. I didn't know that there was a desert in Saskatchewan, but there is. There's a desert there, and we walked in there, and it's, it was 36 degrees, and we thought it'd take us 15 minutes to get to water, and it took us like 45 minutes to get to the lake. And there's cactus and everything, and it was hot, and it's an arid place, and there's not a lot of life in the land. But I believe there's going to be an authority coming through people for the arid places. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, Isaiah 41, and I just want to declare it. Uh, I know there's people, Darlene Michener, this is for you for sure. There's people. People, you can't be afraid of the dry. Because we have a river of life. We have a river of life. And you don't, you don't fantasize about the river when you're swimming in it, do you? <laughs> no. You don't have like a mirage feeling in the middle of like Hawaii. But you have it in, in the arid places. And the arid places are the dry places. This is where people are not alive. They're not born yet of the Spirit of God. And there are people that their hearts ache that other people don't know Jesus. And there's just not words for that. But there's going to be a, a prayer and there's going to be a sound. And the Lord says in Isaiah 41, I'll start at 16, You shall winnow them and the wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them and you shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fall for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys, and I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. This is what God's doing. This is your prayers. The prayers of the saints are sweet-smelling incense, and God is going to flood this church with babies, with salvation, with strategies to get them here. It's going to happen. Let the evangelists evangelize. Let's just tell people about Jesus. That's all it is. That's it. 
Tell them about who Jesus is to you and invite them here. I always think this. If I wasn't here, who's coming for me? And look at the empty seat. There's no judgment in that. Who's coming? I'm coming for them, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me where I don't have any feeling. I've actually acclimatized to the desert, and now I associate with the desert instead of the river. It's like, I am in the desert, but there is a river that runs eternal from the throne of God that brings life. Desert is a place. It's a place. But God's river flows forever. This is, I had another message, but this is what the Holy Spirit's bringing. God, I'm just going to pray, God, give us. This is a hard prayer. Give us the pain we need to feel. Give us the pain we need to feel for those who don't know you. Make us unsatisfied. That I have the greatest gift. God, help me be generous. I want my life to be poured out. Streams of living water in the deserts, God. Streams of living water in the deserts. Greater is your salvation than the darkness on this earth. Greater is your voice than any other voice, God. Greater is your call than any other call, God. And I pray that you would rise up a generation that are unsatisfied. Unsatisfied with the climate of their school. I don't want to walk down a hall where it's okay to be crazy, but it's not okay to be sane. So, Father, I just pray a holiness, a desire, an authority in the desert, an authority in the arid places, God, because you're going to and fro amongst the earth right now, and you're ready to gather. You're ready to gather, and there's gatherers in here. There's those who are called to gather Nations, some are called to gather a neighborhood. Someone is called to gather a person. So, Father, help us to feel that pain for our neighbor. Give us, awaken us, forgive us. We repent where we become cold. We repent where we become dry. And we've identified with the desert, but we haven't identified with the river. There is going to be springs in the desert. It just takes one rainfall in a desert to transform it. It's so quick. So, Father, we just present that before you. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, we want to honor that. We want to honor what you're doing in our hearts right now, what you want to speak. And like I said at the very beginning, there's so much that happened this morning, and I'll, I'll just finish off quickly here with what God has put on my heart. That, um, that I believe God is, is, is stirring, he's, he's moving. And uh, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to give you a testimony, and this is where this message comes from. I was, we were flying back on the plane on August 1st, and I'm sitting there listening to my music, and there's a song called Multiplied by Need to Breathe. And I'll just read you the first thing in it. It says, Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us we cannot contain. Your love will surely come find us like blazing wildfires singing your name. And this is the part that hit me. God of mercy, sweet love of mine, I have surrendered to your design. And when I, when I heard that, 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 that section, it was, it was more the spirit of the song than necessarily the specific words. Uh, and, and in it, 
it, it was talking about we as the, what God was showing me was yeah we are His sons and daughters, but we are His creation. We are His design, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to share today on the joy of being God's creation. Jen, uh, there's a few things that was said today. Jen said it uh, regarding the, the God manifest his presence, but also that, uh, that we manifest his presence. Paul stole some of what I was going to say by we're each individually, we're each someone who can carry the presence of God and we shouldn't compare it with one another. So it says in the we are, the spirit that, that the God was sharing with me, it says we are God's workmanship, his handiwork, his masterpiece, his vessels, his creation. And I started in my spirit, and I started to, I think I was beginning to tear up on the plane, because it was like, God, am I excited about how you made me? Beyond, I'm a son. Obviously, our, our initial overarching purpose for being made is for relationship with God. And we're on various different journey, parts of the journey in that. Some are, are closer to God. Some are, are getting closer. We're at different levels of the relationship. But what God was really hitting me was, are you excited of the way that I made you? Your design your physical design, your spiritual design, your mental capacity, who you are as a created being. Because sometimes we, we, we can say, yes, I'm a son or a daughter of God, but we don't get excited about what God has made us to, to do, to act out, to walk out what he's designed us on the earth. And the picture that came to my head was God and his creation sort of like walking down the road just like, full of joy. I'm excited to be you're my God. Well, I'm excited that you're my creation. And it was, it was this interaction and a, a, a connection, a tie that was that, that, that moves into another area. And it, uh, and it said, I'll read out of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And another, another scripture that, that I was meditating on was Psalm chapter 90, verse 17. It said, May the favor, but in the King James said the beauty, may the favor slash beauty of the Lord rest on us, Establish the work of our hands for us, Lord. Establish the work of our hands. So my question today, and as going from what Carrie said, the, the, God, we want that connection with you. We want that, that the same heart that you have. And I think as you, uh, today, as things that I do with a lot of, this is a side note, the things that I do with a lot of messages, because I've grown up in the church since I was like four, so like 40 years, maybe not as long as other people, but I've heard so many messages, and I always encourage myself to say, if I can get one 
tool out of that message, if I can get one sentence out of that message, I got some food for the day. I got some food to actually chew on. And So I, my encouragement to you is whatever food that you're able to pick up and grab, grab it or whatever tool. It's another example. Put in your tool belt for this week. Use it. And I encourage you that for the rest of your life. Whenever you're with friends and, and whenever you're hearing messages, receive the wisdom that people give. Because we can't eat it all. We can't sit at the buffet all the time. So how can we find, how, can we find joy in how we have been created? How he formed us. The purpose he formed us. Why we were brought into the place in existence in the first place. Like I said, it's a relationship with God. So he created us with some specific purposes. And I'm not, we're not going to go into all those depths. So, um, the, the reason, there's another example that I have is that we were speaking in Kindersley last week. There's a lot of farmers, a lot of hunters. And I say, I've got a lot of guys who like cars. I say, what's your favorite car? Or there's guys who like um, John Deere, Case, International, and then and whatever, all the other types. There's guys who like this kind of gun or this kind of gun. Why do you like it? They're, like, I, I run. You guys know I run. I prefer this kind of shoe versus this kind of shoe because it's the design of it. It's the make of it. it, it it's, it's designed for a purpose. So guys can talk about cars. Darcy Hasman could talk about cars forever, correct? And Why? Because it's, you're passionate about it. It's, a, it's, a, it's designed a certain way. There's a certain type of car that you love. It's, and that's how God views us. Now, do we view God and excited about how he made us? I remember being in high school, and I was a skinny, probably 145, this tall guy. Like, all bone and maybe a little bit of muscle. Um, and then standing beside the big 250-pound guy. I learned in my heart at that moment that if I compare with this guy, and if I try to be this guy, I will be crushed. But if, I'm, if, I, if I get excited about, hey, he can probably bench press three cars, or <laughs> he could easily bench press me, but I can run way farther than him. I got a desire and a passion for what I love to do. And I believe God wants us to have that as well so that we're not... Being, okay, what's, what's the purpose? What's the, what am I, yeah, I know I need to, I'm a son or a daughter, but, but something that, that gets your feet on the road. Something that, that he's, a, he's actually designed us for. And like Paul said, comparison destroys. Competition. Uh, competition actually pulls connected tissues apart. Uh, so you look at the brain, the lungs, the liver, the stomach, the, all these things. They work in concordance. They work together. But what actually pulls stuff like that apart is, is disease, cancer, uh, dysfunction. In, a, in one, in one uh, like say the heart goes out of whack, your body's going to go out of whack. And, but the heart never tries to be, well, I'm going to try to be the brain today, or, or, or vice versa. It, it, it's designed for a specific purpose, and it, it's... I, my heart is passionate about being in my heart. I get to pump blood every day through. I get to do this. 
My brain, oh, I get to think a lot. I get to try and calculate such and such. And God desires us for us to discover why we've been created. One of the questions that we have in, in Heroes, uh, I forget which chapter it is, is what are the two most important days of your life? And people are like, the day you die, live, the day you were born, the day you die. But the answer is, the day you were born and the day you discovered why you were born. And, and God is wanting us to more and more discover why we're here on this earth. Why do I have this specific job and have this specific people around me and I'm in this area of the world? Why? Because he wants us to know. He want, we're designed for that. Many of us have had the word of God planted in us. Um, many times we, we, when we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And, and James says, don't just merely listen to the words and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So we have, God has, God has spoken through us, whether it's the Spirit. I mean, I, I'm going to go f- away from today saying, God, what have you spoken to me, and how can I live that out this week? And he wants us to, to do that, all of us to do that. And so since we are his, his workmanship, what has he called us to do? Now, I'm, I'm, I like looking at words. When I read the Bible, I'm like, let's, say, let's take, if he, this is what I actually did. For we are God's workmanship, or his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. <laughs> I can look at a word, I can look at, read the English, but sometimes, a lot of times, I like, okay, what, is, what does workmanship actually mean? And I, I took this verse, and I broke it down to certain words. Now, the word workmanship, or handiwork, workmanship, I do use the, uh, the King James, because that was my strongest concordance with King James. So they had the word workmanship. It means a product. A thing that is, made, that is just a single act of being made. So we are God's quote-unquote product. We were, we were made once. We were designed once. They're not, we're not going to be cloned. We're not going to be duplicated. There's no one else with our fingerprint or our tongue print or anything like that. So we're once. And then I looked under the word unto. Now, unto, um, so it says, we are his workmanship unto, through Christ Jesus, unto or to do good works. Now, unto, you had, there's so many times it's used in the Bible. And it's, it's really, it means to rush forth. It means to strive, it break forth, labor into bring forth, to draw out, act of bringing things forth. So there's different elements that I, I just picked three verses out of the Bible. It started with Genesis chapter 9. He said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. There was a creation, and then, but it had to go somewhere. It had to bust out. The other one, uh, Genesis 1.28. And God said unto them. So he was a, in a matter of speaking, go multiply the earth. So it's, it's different kind of context that it's like to do. It means to, it's actually, we all know it's, a, I mean, I may be just be elaborating too much, but it's, it's to move. And 2 verse 9, And the, out of the ground of the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam. So the example of this is that it's, a, it's something that's moving. So good, beneficial, 
well, beneficial, well, good. Good works, an act, a deed of doing a labor. And when it says works here, it's different than workmanship. It's continual. It's something that is moving. That we've been ordained, prepared in advance before to do. So when I, when I think of this, I think I have been created as a single entity to burst forth, to move forth with continuous beneficial actions in the world. Because I am so delighted to be in the presence of God, so delighted to be designed by Him, and I'm His creation, that I will burst forth with the things that He's put forth in me, in the way that He's designed me to do. I can't do it in another way. I can only do it the way that I've been designed. So to discover how we're designed, we're able to burst forth to bring good works to people around us. But it all comes from the same source. It comes from God. So, and I, 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 we're going to James, chapter 2. And sometimes James get a bad rap. Because he's always like, do this, you should do it. It's like a, sometimes James feels like a slap on the head. <laughs> or as the Guatemalans may do, the mother takes the flip-flop off and slaps the kid on the head. Or the butt. So there was a prayer this morning, a pre-service prayer. And it was like, God, we don't want the spirit of Martha, of just the pressure, the, I have to do stuff, I have to be here. And... When I was listening to that prayer, I'm like, God, that's, I'm not, that's the spirit that you want to break. You want to break that, that, that obsession or that pressure to feel like you have to do something to please God. Instead of the freedom that I get to release the creative ability to please God. So, we look at James, and it talk, James talks a lot about deeds and good works. And what are deeds? They are visible, they are tangible. You can see them, you can hear them, you can touch them, you can tell, smell them, you can taste them. When someone makes you a great meal, you can taste that good deed. When someone, wives, when your uh, husbands bring you flowers, you can smell that good deed. So in the court of law, the witness has to testify what he's seen, what he's heard, what he's smelt. Oh, yeah, in this crime scene, it smelt like this. Or, or it, it, the poison tasted like this. Or the, 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 the guy's hands had, I could feel his ring as he was grabbing me, trying to drag me out of the, this place. So there's, there's a tangible thing that comes forth. And... Jesus calls us as Christians, this is a, 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 a quote from a guy named Tim Keller. Jesus calls us as Christians to be witnesses, to evangelize others, but also to, to evangelize others. He calls his disciples both to be gospel messaging, urging everyone to believe the gospel, and to be gospel neighboring. And so you know what? I love, Chris, I'm going to praise these guys up now. They talked about me and made me cry, so I'm going to talk about them. They live, they got new neighbors. (laughs) 
And the, you may have heard a bit about the, the neighbors that used to be there. These neighbors are jacked up a bit more. So God is actually working through their hearts more and more how to love. And these guys love their community. Love the, and, and I know all of you probably have people down your road, on your street, that you connect with, that you love. And, but one thing that Chris always, and it keeps me in, the, in my mind, is like, always be prepared to be interrupted. And I like my plan. I like my, okay, we're going here. And, and gospel neighboring is important. It's mean to help people, to give to people, to, to serve them all the while. Um, meeting the needs of those around us, whether they believe it or not, whether they believe or not, the two go together. To share the gospel and to give and to, sh- to, to do good deeds to people. And I'm going to throw it. This was a revelation to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly finish off, hopefully, with this. We're going from James to Hebrews, the book of faith. Because faith is intrinsically tied and married to, the, to deeds and works, and deeds are tied and married to faith. There's two people in a marriage. There's not just the husband. There's not just the wife. We, Carrie and I, if we dance separately, we'd, I'd probably dance like this. But if we, get, if we dance together, we dance better. <laughs> but this is a dance. This is a heavenly dance that God wants to see on the earth. Hebrews chapter 11. And I was reading this because... When I was preparing this message, this, this section of Scripture wasn't in what I was going to talk about. But, I, but a, the Scripture popped in my faith is the evidence of, thing, of confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. That's the NIV version. But as I started reading this again, um, it talks about all the men and women of faith. <clears throat> and the initial thing was God spoke to them and they saw something. But the second thing that it says in every one of these, and I'm just going to quickly spout it out, they're, they're all deeds. These guys did something. Abel brought. Noah built. Abraham went to the land. Abraham offered his son. Isaac blessed his son. Jacob blessed his son. Joseph gave instructions about his bones, Moses' parents hid him. Moses refused to be like called a, a, a son of a, a Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to live uh, abused by like his like his brothers and sisters Israelites. Ahab welcomed Rahab welcomed, and then verse thirty three, we talk about David and Gideon and Barak. Through faith, what do they do? They conquered kingdoms. They administered justice. They gained what was promised. So. I mean, I don't have to keep going. These are things, out of our faith, something comes forth. Out of me being a creation of who I am, this is what's going to come forth. Now, am I excited about what's coming forth? Or I'm like, well, why aren't I like Chris? Why aren't I like Jim and being really smart and good at computers? Or am I just like, I'm awesome at what I do. Because God made me this. Now, if I, if I stop being what he made me, then I stop 
I, I displease God. And I want to close with... Now, all the, the, these, are, these are all uh, men and women of faith who do great exploits, correct? And we, always want, we always think, I want to be a great exploit, do great exploits for God. Sometimes we may not, we may not start at ex, great exploits. Sometimes they may be exploits. Sometimes they just may be sploits. <laughs> but we've got to start at the sploits, or else we'll never get to the great exploits. So I, I encourage you guys to start, like we've said, and I've heard this said over and over again this week on social media, different people's posts, use what's in your hand. Use what, use what you got. And it, 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 you can, if you use what you got mixed with your faith, it, it, will, it will change people's lives. My son, Liam, 15-year-old, said, Dad, we're in Guatemala, I want to do a block party. Okay, okay. I can go with this. That's cool. And I found out Spruce Grove had a block party program. So we got the program. We got 100 bucks from them to buy food. And we went around to about 50 houses. I was backing Liam up. He was going door to door inviting people to a block party. And I met people who've lived on the street for 38 years that I've never seen before. And a lot of people I've never seen. And there was 30 people at our house just hanging out. That was the first level of, of getting to know them, the first level of evangelism, just finding out who these people are. And the, I, I got a phone call like last week, someone who couldn't make, like, like three weeks after the thing, couldn't you say your son, sorry, we couldn't, we couldn't make it. Could you say thank you for having the idea? That's a, that may be a bit of a sploit, but it's the beginning because it was coming out of of. Of, of us. It was just coming out of who we were. And I just want to read, I just want to read this, because like I said, sometimes James gets a bad rap. But I like James because he's just, he just tells it like it is. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is a, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, the, I'll stop here. In the Spanish version that we've read, they say, Faith without works is sterile. It cannot reproduce. I love that, that the way that they put that to it. It still means it's dead, but it gives you a visual that if we don't have, if we have faith, if, we, if, we, if we're believers, but we don't do anything, and, it, and like I said, it's not about a pressure to have to, oh, you have to do it this way, or you have, it has to be, listen to the Holy Spirit, and he's faithful enough to tell you, go do this. But if we don't do it, we're not reproducing. We're not, we're not giving life. We're, we're sterile. But someone will say, I have faith. You have faith. I have deeds. Which is, okay, that's, okay, look at all that I've done. That's not the point of this. Show me your, your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. The demons believe. They're not doing any good deeds. 
and they, and they believe and they shudder. You foolish person, do you, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? What, this is the kicker. I love this. I love the comparison that, God, that they do here. You see that his faith... Uh, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. It's a marriage. And his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith would not be complete. We talk about Abraham. His faith would not be complete until he offered, until he went, until he, first of all, he had to believe, but went and did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and was called God's friend. And you, and you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone. We're not, we won't be known by our righteousness because we believe. We'll be known by our righteousness by what God, what God tells us to do and we do it. Then, in the same way, this is the kicker, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. I love the way that James writes this because he's going to hit all the religious spirits in the house. You guys know Abraham? He's a good man. He's awesome. He's amazing. In the same way, Rahab the prostitute did a good deed, and is just as righteous. So God is wanting us, He's wanting us to, I mean, this, uh, this morning was, was, was so full. It's like, I've, you know when you eat too much? It felt full. But I, I encourage you, there's a, that is, there's a personal walking out, and this is the point of what I wanted to share today. There's a personal walking out that we need to do. We all go to work. We all go to have our neighbors. And we're responsible for that. But God, I've lived, like Chris said, I've been in this church since 83. I think I'm number two to Ken. He's been here six months longer. And I, I know the heritage of this church. And it was, it went through, it's like, and it's the full, full, five-fold God, five-fold ministry. There was apostles, evangelists, prophets, pastors, teachers. I saw this church. I know what this church was started upon. And there's a corporateness that God wants to bring, renew, revive in this church, spring up with this church that has the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the teacher and the pastor working together, the fullness of it. And there's a corporate call. See, I don't consider myself an evangelist, but I can, I, I find myself going out trying to do evangelism with people, trying to share the gospel. Most of what I've ever done, what, 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 most of the stuff that's ever drawn me into the community has been because God shows up in a place like this, inspires me to go out to try to bring people back. There was a, I'm going to share this because I think it fill, fills it up. We climbed a mountain yesterday, and I've climbed this mountain three times. There was nine of us, the Fellowship of the Nine. That's what we were calling ourselves. Halfway up, it was like 50-kilometer winds, and it's like, oh. There was like a couple of us that were, a couple of people like, oh, no, do we have to go to the top? And I, in my inside, 
Outside, I was like, okay, guys, let's go. We can do this. You're doing well. We're going to make it step by step, baby steps. Inside, I was like, oh, I don't want to climb this mountain. I'm tired. I've climbed this mountain before. Why do I need to go again? Why do I need to go again? These guys need to go. So a lot of things that we do isn't about what I need to do. I know Jesus. I'm good. I've been in the presence of God. I'm fine. But how can I help my brother and sister? And how can I help my brother and sister who doesn't know Christ yet? And it, I, think, I think a big part of it is what I started at the very beginning. I have been created to, first of all, be a son of God. But I have been designed and created to be a light to the world, to use whatever I have within my hand and, and my abilities and my gifts, my voice, my, my talents, my certain design of my person to influence the people that, that know God and don't know God. And if I don't do that, it's a shame to me. If Am I going to be the rusty, rusty robot, the rusty being that, that doesn't ever get used? Or am I going to, I got I to start walking out. And it feels weird to be, to be doing sploits. It feels horrible. You feel like a fool when you, when you do something and one person shows up. You feel like a fool when nobody shows up. And that has happened. <laughs> but those things, it, it grows. So as a corporate body, what is God calling us to? Start talking to each other. Hey, we should, do a, we should do this. We should do that. Because God has said we're the light of the world. God says we change the atmosphere. We do. And I want to be an old, old guy. I already have lost the hair. But I want to be an old, old guy that walks in. This is my goal in life. To walk into a place and bring peace. That I don't have to say anything. That the presence of God is just there. Because I've been in his presence and because I've walked it out. I've, 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 I do the deeds. Rich Mullins said, faith, it was a song, Faith Without Works is like a song you can't sing. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Merely claiming something does not make the claim true. A person who says, I believe, but does nothing to, to support such a belief does not actually believe what they claimed. Living faith in Christ changes the direction of a person's life. It always results in the believer beginning to participate in good works. Where there are no works, there is only dead, words only faith. So, I encourage you to do that. And I'm closing with this, for sure. See, I'm closing. There's a lot of crazy... I said this in Kindersley last week. The world is bonkers. It's crazy. There's just, oh, even the last three years, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And I was thinking just last week about Charlottesville. And the, just the, the amount of hate and stuff that's, that's being portrayed and moving out and what, whatever, just in society in general. And me being, who like, you look at me, I'm white, I'm bald, I'm a man. And if someone of a, uh, this is what came to my head, someone of another nationality or race came and said, who's been, who have been hurt more than me, say, what do you know about hate? 
Look at, look at, you've been blessed. You're, well, you, you don't know, you don't know the, the pressure, you don't know that stuff. And uh, come in and do that. And there's legitimate, there's legitimate truth, there's a truth to that. I haven't experienced that kind of hate. I've, I've experienced prejudice, I've experienced Sometimes I, I feel like I'm, I'm brown and short like a Guatemalan until I look myself in the mirror and I'm taller than them. I, look, I feel like I look like them <laughs> until I see myself. But what the Holy Spirit said, Matt, if, if that ever happens in your life, I, I can't defend myself. I can't justify, well, well, you don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know what bad things have happened to me. He said, I can't tell you about hate. I haven't experienced this maybe as much as you, but I can tell you about love. I know what love is. I've experienced love. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to show the love of Christ. We need to, when, when people come with us in, in that, and the world is going to get worse and worse, it, let me tell you about Jesus. This is what I've learned from him. Let me introduce you to my friend. This is what I've uh, learned from him or her. And, and, and God wants us to, to be that opposite, to be that light. So uh, we just, I just want to play a, pray a blessing. I know it's time, is it? It's time to go eat. But Lord, we bless everyone. Let's all stand up because we're together. Lord, I pray that you would take anything that you've put on people's hearts branded on people's hearts, something they've took to use. Lord, because it's for your glory. Uh, when it all is said and done, you get the glory. So we pray that what, the way that you've created us, the design that you've made us, would flow and would grow, and we would get so excited about how you made us that people would wonder, why are you so excited? Because God made me this way, and he has a plan for me, and he has a plan for you. Come, let me tell you about love. Lord, I pray that you would fill us so much with your love, so much with your presence, so much with your life, that when we put our hand out, that it wouldn't matter what it looks like or if it looks cool or, or great or amazing, that the love would flow through it, that people will recognize love before anything else. So I pray over this church, my home church, I pray for a blessing and an anointing for the love of God to flow through here, to flow on this place and flow out of this place and to flow in this place, that to, to, re, to be returned. As we sow out, as we sow, God, into people's lives, we will reap a harvest. And we pray for a harvest of, of people who know Jesus, of souls. We pray for a harvest uh, that is greater than what we've ever seen because the seed and the foundation has been planted in this church and the seed and the foundation has been planted in many churches in this region and in this, in this province. And we, we bless um, our going out right now in Jesus' name. Amen.